0: Before we get started, I just want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Town Square Brewing. In my opinion, it's the best beer in the city, by far. I mean, the race isn't even that close, to be honest. But, as most of you know, there is nothing I like more than small, independent business and supporting local. So I really implore you to get out and try some of this beer. There are so many different flavors to choose from. You're for sure going to find at least one that you love. Uh, You'll be able to find this, you know, wherever you, you normally find your delicious craft beers. Once again, 18 plus. Please enjoy responsibly, of course. Thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy the episode. I, I did that interview with her. I can't remember if we were recording or not, but I asked her. If, if she had any recommendations for people that kind of in her realm of things that I could reach out to and try to talk to on the show and you were the first one she mentioned. Awesome. and uh, I'm I'm really interested to, to ask some questions and hear a bit more about all the the stuff you do because it
1: sounds like you're busy. <laughs> well, I, pre- I appreciate you uh, reaching out. I, I'm looking forward to. Been looking forward to it.
0: I uh, I've I've talked to a couple of people involved in in labels like record labels, but obviously much different. I I think you're uh, definitely the first person that I've had a chance to talk to that runs. Uh, a label for comedy albums instead of like oh, music man. so how what's the the story with that and uh i mean make it as long or as short as you want to
1: sure man well <clears throat> uh myself and will hannigan who's another uh, who's a great comedian in the end of the scene um uh, we we noticed that um a way for for like pro comedians to make money is to get their uh, their comedy onto Sirius uh, satellite radio because uh, they can you know they can make some royalties doing that and and so we decided to put together um, just kind of figure out what we needed to start recording albums and uh, from there it's kind of grown into quite a few other things we just launched uh, like a, a content sort of a content platform I guess um, our Instagram is big dumb jokes is what we call it. Uh, but it's it's clips of of local and uh, I mean yeah local comedians, Western Canadian comedians um, meant to promote uh, promote these guys and and get their names out there. Um, and so it's it's been it's been fun. We're just trying to uh, sort of learn and fail our way to um, to where we are now, which is a couple years in and uh, still learning lessons kind of every day, basically. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. The older I get, the more, the more uh, kind of importance I place on failing that that's kind of like trial and error seems to be the best way to learn new stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you kind of, you don't know what you don't know. It's a sort of thing where you, you think you have an idea of how something should go and then you get there and you realize there's more to it or there's something you didn't think of or, you know you overthought something um and so it's we, we've recorded uh we're up to about 15 plus albums now nice. um we have a uh, billyjamesrecords.bandcamp.com that's where people can um can check out our discography if you will um, and support uh support these local comics as well <clears throat> um but we've uh, we, we've managed to we've managed to record like 15 some albums but uh trust me when i say we've been out recording a lot more than 15 odd times you know so we we learned lots of lessons early on and then every time we sort of amped up to uh to try something new there was always lessons to be learned we just you know we're about to we're about to have our first meeting of the new year in the next week or two where we'll be kind (laughs) of resetting and, and trying to uh you know take it to the the next level again but it's it's only because we're able to recognize when things don't work and and actually, you know, be humble enough to be like, yeah, that didn't work. Let's try something else.
0: Did, like you, you were saying before that you notice kind of avoid and, and the way most comedians can make money is getting on serious. Is that
1: <laughs> uh, like
0: one of the, the best ways to like monetize comedy these days?
1: It seems to be, and that's and that's kind of what we tried to what we tried to jump into because um, there's a lot of like Edmonton in particular has uh, has produced some of the country's best comedians over you know a few decades, and um, so we've we've tried to we've we've managed to get some really incredible comics on our roster so far, people like Sean Lacombe, Kathleen McGee. Um, uh, Carrie younger lots of lots of really great uh lots of really great local comics from from a few different kind of eras and uh it, it's uh it's a it's a way to help comedians because comedy is not really respected like the rest of the arts you know what I mean
0: <laughs> was- which is weird to me like I I feel that I mean it I would think it's one of the more difficult ones to to be good at like i feel it's one of those things that anyone can really give it a try but only like the cream rises to the top right it's like it's easy to do but it's really difficult to do well yeah
1: yeah totally um so you know it's uh we've been we've been really trying to raise the profile of some of the the comedian like oh man like celeste lampa natasha lynn miles um we just recorded uh, Alex Fortin, he lives in, he's out in Toronto now, but there's, I mean, Toronto's full of former Edmonton, Edmonton people as well. We're all over yeah. People don't understand uh, how sort of special what we have here in the city is. Um, I didn't really know about it before I started comedy uh, around five years ago, but it's actually, it's, it's one of the better scenes in the country, especially for comedians that are uh, kind of on their way up. And People should get out there and and check out shows because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in this and it's I mean if, if you really scratch the surface of of any of the different arts uh, art scenes in Edmonton there's so many talented people in the city uh, like the music scene super deep but uh, the the comedy the comedy scene in Edmonton is is uh it's like it's something to behold so if you're ever if any of your listeners are even thinking about checking out a comedy show they definitely should i uh i mean i constantly
0: talk to people about this um like you're saying not only just comedy like edmonton actually produces so many big names in yeah. like so many sh- sub genres and i yeah. i feel that we like are never gonna get the credit that we kind of deserve for the the amount of like output do the amount of people a, coming from here?
1: Yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of talented artists in the city. And uh and a, a lot of talented people sort of peripheral to that, like the like the videographers and the photographers. like there's there's a there's a pile of talent. You're getting me all worked up. There's a pile of talent in the city.
0: <laughs> and like what's your personal opinion? Is that like is the scene with more people like trying things to like you are to nurture the talent, is the talent like being re like do you think in the future people will ever look at the city differently and and finally say like yeah, like a lot of people have come from there? Or are oh, we to- gonna always be looked down on?
1: No, no, no. I think once people once people come to this come check it out, then it's so they they go, oh I thought I thought you guys were rednecks or whatever. And it's like, well, some, some are. Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, I I think I would say with the comedy scene, there's so many, there's so many people that are putting on great shows and putting in tons of, you know, tons of volunteer time to, to make the scene grow. Um, I'm just a small part of that, but there's so many other people doing a lot of great stuff. And I think in turn, um, people that do come out and give it a shot uh, and stick around for a little bit, they like it's crazy how good some of the new comics are getting so quickly, and I think it has at least a little bit to do with the fact that uh, everyone in the scene uh, is, you know, is pretty welcoming, and and um, it's like a fun a fun atmosphere. It's that uh, it's a good it's a good place to grow. So we are, I think we're seeing a lot of a lot of newer comics in the past couple of years. Um, I've only been in it for five years, so I was a new comic not long ago, and I still am relatively new but uh, some of the, the newer comics in the last couple of years are uh, doing great. Um, you know, for, especially for where they are, where I'm looking at it five years in going, God. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm happy that you're so good so fast, but. Oh.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: and like then- all is other example. she's a, like, she's. Um, a great comic uh, for, for only been doing it. Cause uh, I think since last fib, so she'll be coming up on- soon here and like, um there, there's a yeah it's it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to be around people like that and and the rest of our scene because everyone's kind of um helping each other you know at least supportive of each other and I do think that helps grow uh, a lot more a lot more talented and as those people you know head around the country doing other stuff um you know, I think it I know for, for comedians that have come through town, um, they're always pretty um pretty happy with, with kind of their time here and, uh, they enjoy their time here. So I think that reputation is getting around at least in the comedy world. Um, but I, it's, it does, it does start at home. And like, um, I know it's tough to like when people throw on, you know, music shows, art shows, comedy shows, there's, there's lots to do. And, um, but it, it does, it does mean, it does mean a lot when people come out to these shows because that that's another part of the scene that, uh, that will, um, that will sort of lift us all up a little bit, you know, you have really good crowds here in the city, but um, yeah, it's just, just people got to keep supporting music, comedy, whatever their chosen, whatever their chosen thing is, because uh, with, without, without people in the audience, it's, uh, it's not as good. <laughs>
0: yeah. But do you think that's getting better as well? Like with us, like kind of coming out of this, pandemic and people going out more show is like becoming more populated
1: yeah i think the summer i I, I ran a show on wednesdays for the uh from about december to december and uh we you know people people were happy to be back out i think once once things sort of officially open back up and uh i think like i I think the the issues a lot of times is that people just don't know about the shows right whatever. they're not coming across the the posters or whatever um and people go oh there's there's comedy what um I, I think there's there's great audiences and there's people that want to be out doing stuff it's just a matter of you know getting the <laughs> getting in front of them at the right times do
0: you see a lot of like emerging comics do they end up moving away to, to further a career because they feel it might not be able to be done from here as easily
1: Yeah definitely you see that all the time and uh, what uh, one of the things that like will Hannigan and I are are sort of trying to push with the record label um, is that I don't you know do you have to go to Vancouver or Toronto and you know d- depending where your goals are I guess but um, you know you could you can you can make a go of it outside of those cities uh, I think. And there's value to going to those cities for sure. Um, but like, do you have to go bankrupt to try trying to live in a one bedroom somewhere just to you know, I I think we can make our scene strong enough that um that it can be at least a bigger jumping off point um uh, than it has been maybe in the past. But man, there's 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 comedians like people like Sterling Scott, um uh, is who's based out of here, Sonny Dollywall is based out of here. Um, it's doable, you know? I, I think that with uh, with social media and stuff being what it is now, um, you can – I don't know. Th- there's more you can do from from where you are, I think. But, you know, we'll see. We'll test that theory out. Yeah, no, it's, uh, like
0: I just love hearing that you've kind of assessed what needs to happen and then are kind of like championing doing your part to making that happen because a lot of people will you know complain about things happening or not happening where they are but they don't always like make the effort to rectify that but it sounds like super cool and promising what you guys are up to
1: yeah, and, and you know I'm just I'm just you know one part of it there's there's a ton of there's a ton of people in uh, in Edmonton comedy doing doing a lot for for the scene and and so, and you know by default for, sort of for the rest of us um but it it is it's a great community to be, to be part of because you can sort of align yourself with people who you know will also follow through on stuff and because that, that's the that's the age- old problem right like we all have great ideas and then it's like oh, Actually, you know, do it. <laughs> but if you yeah. if you find some other people to hold you accountable and and sort of and you know work with you and support you, then um it makes it a lot easier to to build like an entire community when there's a bunch of us all sort of doing different things to to hopefully push it forward, you know?
0: Yeah. Now you, you said you've been in comedy for about five years. Yeah. uh, like what got you interested in this art form in the first place
1: well i mean i've always i've always loved comedy i've always you know uh was always thinking of stupid stuff to say growing up and whatever and um i i loved stand-up as an art form i never really thought too much about doing it uh but then i started performing uh musically and i just at, you know I, I expected the first few times I went up uh musically I was expecting all these nerves that I had you know would have experienced at every other sort of turn and yeah. they never came. and I just went up on stage and did my thing and was like whoa that was unexpected I remember the, the moment of just being like huh that's interesting just you know a- expecting to feel all these nerves and probably like screw up or whatever and but just going up and being and being sort of somehow fully confident in whatever I was doing so there was that and then a few months later I saw uh these classes at the Grand Sloan Theater I saw an ad for them and so I thought just kind of on a whim I was like well I've been performing this other stuff like let's uh you know let's just do it so I went and did this class workshop thing and um and sort of you know I I, I was realized I could do it um started to started to write jokes and go to open mics and stuff and was uh, kind of fell in love with it pretty quickly and just really, really enjoyed the, really started enjoying the process of watching other comics kind of start with an idea and finish with a joke within a week or two kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it really just came down to, I did a little performing and realized I could get on stage without sort of <laughs> feeling super nervous or whatever um and I, got, I worked in radio for a bunch of years uh, as a like a news anchor um previous to all of this so there was a little bit of you know i'm not saying it, it's not cheating a little bit but i but i had maybe taken the first couple steps of like talking in front of people already previous to the music and comedy but um going up and performing like that and then going up and trying comedy it was like it was something I never really expected to be doing. Um, but it's also now I look at it as like an outlet that I can't believe I didn't have before. What did I do without this outlet before? Because it's just so there's it's uh, it's become a pretty big part of my life.
0: That's uh, I mean, super rare. Almost anyone else I've ever talked to, even people that perform in front of people constantly, they still say they're terrified to be in front of people
1: well i think uh, this is where i'm using mental illness to my benefit
0: that (laughs) i mean i that's amazing it like i i definitely do not like i mean i guess i've never really had to i just don't even like the idea of like being in front of that many people performing especially in like with music or comedy it's like you know everyone is is looking at you and like listening to your words and yeah maybe not judging but like absorbing all that you're saying so that's i i can't even think of living life where you're comfortable with that type of thing so that's super cool
1: yeah I, um, i'm not really sure uh i'm not really sure how it all fell uh, fell into place like that but um it just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it somehow works for me and I sh- you know, sure. I get a little bit nervous, but it's, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a negative nervousness. Um, and as long as I'm prepared when I'm going up, then I'm, I'm totally fine. If I'm like scrambling for what I, if I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing, uh, then I'm a little more uncomfortable. But if I, if I like, no, sort of I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do when I'm on stage. And I'm, yeah, I don't really feel much in the way of nerves. Part of it for comedy, I think, is is remembering that most of the people in the audience uh, wouldn't be caught dead on stage. They'd be terrified to get on stage. So it's like, there's, you know, you at least have that, where you're like, okay, even if I suck up here, like you're too scared to try it. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's a uh, great. <laughs> great piece of advice like a great way to look at it i was wondering if younger like newer comics see your like poise and like kind of confidence on stage and they ask you for advice like how did you manage? like how did you become okay with this and i wondered what you would say but i guess that's sort of
1: part of your advice right that, that would be, yeah i guess that that would be it is just you know like you're I would I would tell comedians to just kind of go out and hit your mark because the the stuff that was stuff that was drilled into me early on is that like essentially it comes down to laughter taking many forms and being a very social thing and so there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of reasons why someone might not like look like they're busting a gut laughing but they might still like i i've come off stage this is the one i the example i always tell comics when they ask me about this is i've come off stage where i've thought like i didn't hear a sound from the audience everyone just look, was looking at me like straight face and i was like this is the this is terrible and i walked i was even there was a guy on this kind of on the side of the bar who was like looked like mean and, uh, and i was like this guy's not enjoying himself and, uh, and I, I felt like it was like a, an absolutely brutal set. And then I, as I was passing this guy's table, he like reached out and was like, Hey man, that was really good. And I was like, what the fuck? What, what are you? I just thought this guy was having like <clears throat> the worst time of his life. And as I passed him, he's like, Hey man, that was hilarious. So it's like, you really, you know, you, <laughs> you don't always know, uh, you can't always get a good read on what's going on. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, you don't always have to fill in the blanks with like, um, <laughs> but if it's if it's jokes that you've tried, say five different places that week and they've worked relatively well for those places and then one night they don't work, that doesn't mean the joke's bad. You know, it's it's just that you could, you could get 10 different audiences, do the same set in front of that 10 audiences and get, you know, 10 different responses, um, 10 different levels of response. Some people might be like, Rolling in the, the aisles, laughing. Other people might be like, "Oh yeah, that's funny," um, but just understanding that that uh, there, there's you you can't always judge um, how you're doing based on just straight reaction. Obviously, if everyone's laughing really hard, then yeah, you, you're doing okay. But yeah, just seen. I've just had so many examples where I was like, a table's talked through your entire half an hour. And then you talk to them after the show or they flag you down after the show and they're like, hey man, that was great. And they're like telling you your jokes and you're like, I hated you guys for the entire show. (laughs) It it sounded like you guys were having your own party over there. But then you come off stage and they're like, yeah, it was great. You're like, I don't understand.
0: (laughs) So I guess that makes me wonder. uh, I like maybe not what would you prefer because they're like two completely different things but you releasing these albums lets people hear the material in kind of an isolated environment and then you don't have to like see you don't have to see them reacting to it at all right it's just up to them how they process it on their own And then you can tell kind of by like sales, views, shares, plays, all that stuff that that must be like a a way different way to analyze the same material.
1: Uh, You you bring up a good point in that uh, most people watch comedy by themselves at home. Right. (laughs) So that can also alter like alter how an audience reacts when they're like, yeah, normally I'm at home in my boxes watching this, so.
0: <laughs> but then how does it work? And uh, like, excuse me for being so uneducated about this. Do people record sets that they've like worked on live or are the albums like all unreleased material?
1: I know. So it'll be all stuff they've, they were, it'll be like their their set um like their their set of jokes so it'll be usually like half an hour to 45 minutes worth of material um but it, it'll it'll it's stuff that they would have been working on and touring with and stuff prior to and recording then,
0: it. is it recorded live or
1: it's recorded yeah, live in studio? yeah it's recorded live yes yeah so we we normally record at places like the comic strip or yucks or um or the grindstone sometimes as well and then, do you record
0: like take bits and pieces from multiple sets, or are you just recording one live set?
1: No, so sometimes we'll, it depends how many how many takes we get, but uh, ideally we'll get two or three, um, and then we'll just sort of compare the three and and sort of pick out the best of um, the best version of of whatever jokes we need from from each of those sets um it's better if you're able to get a couple a couple kicks at the can but uh sometimes we only get one shot and um we'll just sort of yeah we'll 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 try to edit it down and uh ideally though we get a few tries and we're able to pick from a few different a few different sets
0: and then like will you edit out crowd reaction any like background noise
1: Uh, no, no, no. We, we mic up the crowds so that we get, uh, so that we get like a nice rich, um, audience sound. Uh, the things we would cut out would be like, if a joke doesn't work and they don't want, they don't want it on their album kind of thing. Yeah. We would just, we would just chop it up into a bunch of different tracks and then the artist would, uh, the comedian would, um, would let us know which ones they like would give us their sign off on it, I guess. And then we would go from there.
0: Was, uh, your, your first, set like the first time you performed comedy was that at the grindstone
1: uh no it was actually at uh it was at urban tavern which is now cabin oh yeah 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 ryan short ran a sunday night show there so that's where i that's where i did my first set and uh was there almost every sunday for a year (laughs) Were you actually, I should have
0: asked earlier, were you a- attending comedy shows before performing?
1: No, no, I didn't really know much about it at all, even though I loved comedy. I just watched a lot of it on TV, but I didn't really know that the, we had what we had here.
0: And then I assume it was the type of thing where once you experienced it, you just like immediately fell in love with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I I just, I I had no idea there were so many comedians even in the city. And so it was just like, wow. Okay. And then, you know, I started getting to know everyone and getting to know, you know, getting to know everyone's jokes and stuff. It was a really, uh, it was a really cool experience. And I mean, again, I would encourage anybody if they're even thinking about checking out, um, you know, especially the bar shows uh, during the week, Definitely get out and, and watch some shows because there's some incredibly talented comedians in the city. And uh you never know. You never know who's gonna blow up. And you could be like, oh, I could have seen them at fucking like Fargo's, but I <laughs> but I slept on them.
0: What what are uh, some of your like favorite nights
1: throughout the week? Yeah, well I, I used to run a Wednesday night show. Uh it's no longer, but that's that's fine. Um <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was a great show. So Wednesdays used to be my favorite night of the week. Um, but uh, like Black Dog on Thursdays is a kind of a long running show that uh, lots of people get out and support. Uh, the Underdog on Thursday nights at nine uh, o'clock. Um, Mondays are fun. Uh, River City Revival has a great show on uh, Mondays at nine. Um, honestly, there's there's just like there, there's, there's great shows almost every night of the week. And uh, I run a show on Sunday nights. That's probably my favorite, favorite. Um, I run a show at a place called the Moon on uh, on Sunday nights, but you could find a good show to, to be at um, basically any night of the week.
0: That's that's cool. I did. I knew for the people I've talked to, I I have uh, kind of an understanding of how like active and kind of underrated the scene is, but I didn't know there was stuff like that frequently.
1: Yeah, so, okay, Mondays is is River City Revival. Tuesdays uh, is the pro-am at the comic strip. Wednesdays, there's usually a show at the comic strip. Uh, and then, oh, Tuesdays, Black Bar on White Ave, 9 o'clock. Uh, Thursdays, there's uh, the, the Yuck Yucks pro-am uh, and also Black Dog at 9 o'clock. Friday, there's a show or two. There's the stand-up show at the Grindstone Theatre every Friday. Um, right. and then and then Sunday there's the, the show that uh, that Will and I run. Um, but then of course there's 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 pro, you know comedy Thursday to Sunday, Thursday to Saturday or whatever at the at the comic strip and at uh, and at Yuck Yucks as well. So there's there's honestly so many places to see comedy in Edmonton. Um, and until uh, you know, you don't know, I guess, because I didn't I had no idea. And then were
0: you like friends with anyone in the comedy scene or is like every aspect of it was new to you when you found yeah, it
1: every, every aspect yeah I, I just kind of i just made friends as i as i went um and yeah. now but,
0: like would you say a, a huge majority of your friends are in comedy or do you keep it yeah. separate
1: the, the, yeah the, the people i see the most for sure and i've, and I've made some really good friendships in comedy um and uh, yeah, I, you know what it's it's a it's it's a fun group of fairly like-minded people. We're all trying to make each other laugh all the time and make people laugh. So you can imagine it's a it's a pretty fun hang often. <laughs> yeah.
0: The first time you performed,
1: uh, was it well
0: received by people, or like did you bomb or kind of in the middle of both?
1: You know, I I think it was kind of in the middle, but I remember it being like, okay, here's my five minutes of material and running out of material in about two and a half minutes because I probably just sped right through it. Yeah. In fact, thinking on it, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I went up and I was like, and then uh, it was like, uh huh. Uh, But that's, you know, it's uh, with with comedy, it's it's a lot about just getting your reps in. Um, They're not all going to be. Not all going to be killers, but the the shows the tougher shows are good like good experience builders, right? Um, if you can get through the, the tough shows and the easy shows are you know a walk in the park. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I remember it being like yeah, it, it was over in a flash, but that's because I spoke at about three thousand words. A
0: and are any of the jokes from that set like still in your
1: routines? I would have to look back. There might be one or two that's that's from like from early on, um, but I I remember I went back and looked a little while ago and was like, oh. <laughs> but uh, there was a there was a few things from early on that I was able to take and uh, and sort of go back to as a bit better of a writer and get something out of them that I maybe couldn't quite get initially, but uh, I think I I think there might be one or one or two things that's still in my still in my act do you
0: you have someone record like all of your performances
1: just to kind of review and like see how it went or I, I and... have a most of us will record our sets uh, just the audio on our phones yeah uh, when we're on stage I do that uh for just about every set um do I go back and listen and review well that's something I'm going to try and work on here in 2023. <laughs> so I always come off stage like, ah, oh, that was terrible, and then I'm like, well, I don't know, I remember if it was or not. And I don't know. It's it's something I need to get better at actually going back and and reviewing the tapes. But I do have the tapes to review.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the fact that you have them is is probably the necessary like part. No, it might yeah. actually be good in a way not to go back and like I know me personally if I went back and like reviewed I mean I I put these all through editing so I do yeah. hit them a few times before they go up but after that I like don't really want to get in my own head like that much so I kind of yeah. let it lie when it's done.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's good because you know it's it, there's little things you say slightly differently or whatever, but I just, ugh, it's the, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I know I need to do this and I will, but I'm not going to right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would say it's just good to have it. Like if you need it, it's there. But if you don't want to go and review all of it, you don't need to until you feel like you do.
1: Not as much as I, not as much as I should if I'm trying to hit the next level, you know, but yeah, <laughs> It's a, it that's, I think a lot of comedians are like, I don't want to (laughs) listen. Yeah. It's a necessary thing, I think, to to sort of level up. And I know that. And uh, that's why I'm saying on your podcast right now that I'm going to do it in 2023.
0: Yeah. Have some (laughs) accountability. But yeah, I, I think just having it is, I mean, that's always my biggest regret is not having like records of things that have happened. Like, you know, I want uh, like photos of events and transcripts and stuff, but I don't necessarily ever review them either. I just like knowing they exist, and that's there, enough a,
1: security. There's there's a rule that states that uh, if you forget to record, you're gonna have the set of your goddamn life, and uh, and that that happens every now and then, and you go, oh, oh no, I didn't record it, but that's all yeah. part of the game. <laughs> that's oh, more fun that. than anything
0: that makes so much sense to me because i uh just a hobbyist photographer like not not at all professionally but whenever i forget my camera at home that's when the best photos would have happened
1: yep yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's just the way it goes <laughs> that's why you gotta hide a backup camera somewhere
0: yeah for sure i know i was i'm super curious about how people document like each of their like specific journeys and like different subcultures. So I was asking Alia, but she, I think she said she records everything and like, doesn't really ever forget.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's valuable. Cause there's it, a, a lot of it's how you say that, how you deliver the jokes and like where, you know, Take a little pause here, a little breath here. Sometimes that can be the difference. and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I need to I, sh- I should be doing more of that and uh, and but I, I think there you know, there is there's a lot of value to it, but, oof, the mind can only take so much, you know?
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> so how, uh, I mean, again, i I know very little about comedy, but I wonder. I've heard like some people like to kind of always have new material, like more, you know, like current references and all that. And then some people like to just really polish their set, like with the the diction and the delivery and even like the, how many breaths in between sentences, how, uh, where do you
1: see yourself on that spectrum? Yeah it's a it's interesting because I kind of go between I kind of go between those two things like when you're when you're hosting a lot um, if you're hosting a weekly for example there's sort of there's a bit of pressure to have some different stuff because like say my Sunday show has a lot of regulars and so you can't really go up and tell this they do the same set week after week because you'll start to feel very stale (laughs) Um, and when I was hosting my Wednesday show there was a lot of so I, you know, I burned through all my material in the first sort of month and was like, oh, God. Um, so I had to start trying to write a lot more. Um, and it there, there's periods where uh, where comics will be, you know, maybe they have a bunch of uh, road dates coming up. So they're trying to just sort of polish different parts of that of like their main jokes. Um, but then there's we, we're also at shows together all the time. And so I think a lot of us feel the need to to try and mix it up a little bit. But it's also, it's good to be always writing. And I think it's, um, if you look at, uh, if you look at like the, the top comedians in the world, uh, whereas at one time you could sort of write yourself a good solid hour and tour off that for, for years. Uh, if you look at the, the very peak of, of comedy, like the, the Chappelle's, the Bill Burr's, basically any of these people are putting out new hours almost yearly, uh, which is crazy to think about because that is so much. That's so, that's, that's, it's a, it's a, a very impressive amount of work. Um, so, you know, there, you, you, you want to be, you want to be writing, but, but it's also, you, you also got to mix it up with your good jokes because you need to get the, the audience on your side so that you can try some newer, newer stuff and work on work things out. Um, so that's, it's always kind of a battle trying to, so if you're performing at like, the, like yuck, yuck for the comic strip, you'll probably use your, Your more tested material, just because you want to, you know, you want to make sure you have a good set. If you're doing some of the other shows, you have a lot more sort of leeway to be trying new stuff and kind of working working things out a little bit. And but that that's honestly the one of the fun parts for me to watch. uh, As I was kind of saying earlier, is watching like you talk to someone off stage and they go, "What do you think? You think I say this on stage?" As just a sort of loose premise, and then you watch them do it a few times, and then after three or four times, you see them like you see it click, and you go, "Oh, there it is." It's like it's 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 a, a an, an interesting way to watch art. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm I'm personally a huge fan of like process and progression like that too. So that that makes so much sense to me. Do you think? Um, the fact that these like bigger names are are doing like our sets annually is that kind of attributed just to the pace of everything. Like, there just needs to be more of everything, and yeah, because they can like get a check from Netflix once a year if they have a new
1: set. That that's that's what it is. Yeah, that we're in like the the era of content, so just mass mass content and it's good it's all good stuff but you know it's 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 overwhelming honestly yeah i I pull up netflix and i'm like oh there's like 35 specials i haven't seen Uh." it's just it's a lot
0: oh and uh, like I, i actually i don't i don't know much about comedy but i've it's funny. Like, I always say, I, my girlfriend and I, we, we aren't that into comedy. But then the the amount of, like, huge names that we've seen yeah. is, is pretty extensive. And I, I really, like, I just love the fact that, like, you guys as comedians can, like, make all of us laugh. And in a time when, like, everything in the world is going so poorly laughter yeah. is is so necessary totally and
1: totally it's it's really fun to, to be in a room of just people busting a gut you know yeah
0: yeah i i think it's it's super funny to be in a room and like you know you, like a comedian tells like maybe somewhat offensive joke or yeah. whatever and then you just kind of watch how the crowd like is receiving it Yeah, I think that's super interesting to me. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you see people laugh and then go, oh, and look around.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like make eye contact with someone else laughing at at something and you both kind of know, like, I don't know if we should be laughing at this, but uh, yeah, I guess. Man, it's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, okay, that, that brings up another question I have. How do you feel or maybe not how do you feel, but do you feel like the weight of people getting like so offended these days by by things that are really just like these little jokes and it's like this is your job and your peers job is to make Mm -hmm. us all laugh. But do you feel like people have to kind of tiptoe around things because they don't want to offend the audience? And is that I think, affecting comedy?
1: I, I honestly don't I don't think so. Um I, I think this, you know, <laughs> I, I like to think that when people come to a comedy show, they, they there's an understanding between the audience and the comedian that, like, hey, these are jokes. Uh There, there's times where people, you know, I I can't really think of any good examples locally because everyone's, uh, we don't really have anyone who, you know, steps over the line for the sake of like, you know, for the sake of trying to shock people or whatever. Yeah, kind of stuff, you know, like what that's their goal, so go for it, I guess. But I, I, you know, I think a a well-written joke uh, can touch on anything if it's if it's written the right way and. And the audience understands understand and trusts the comedian that, like, they're just making a joke. Uh, I, I like comedians like Jimmy Carr and Frankie Boyle, who are, Jimmy Carr is British, Frankie Boyle is Scottish. They're very, like, they, you know, they they told the line a little bit, but the audience understands who they are. And they, the audience understands that, like, and, and you, like, you can, you, you can, if you if you write something well enough you can get away with almost anything yeah um, but it, it's you know it's about showing the audience that you're not just like trying to be a dick or or like you know if <laughs> there's i don't know i think there's there's a there's a way to do almost anything and we we sh- we have to be able to laugh at almost anything um because why not <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I, no i i a hundred percent i a thousand percent agree i just uh i see people getting like so upset about you know things that i mean i personally don't even really find that offensive but then they'll like take it so far and try to like an a comics career or whatever and i just wonder if that's affecting like the
1: art form as a whole i don't really i don't really see it uh uh, you know locally or, or whatever i i don't really i think what happens maybe is is if you get to a point where you're a bit uh you're a bit bigger um and some some person or group on the internet decides to like make you their cause for the day
0: yeah you know,
1: that, that, but but that's that's all fake you know that's fake outrage and like that uh yeah no no
0: i i agree i just i think it's it's refreshing to hear you said this in a way because i actually as i was asking that question i expected the opposite response like i thought you were gonna not not agree with it but say like yeah it is it's kind of like dumbing down the culture but i i would i'd rather see comedians say what they want to say like that yeah you know like I grew up like all the the harmony I've seen is people kind of speaking freely and that's like one of the best parts about it to me
1: yeah I I would say that there's you know there's no there's no one in our scene really who is um who isn't saying what they (laughs) what they what they feel there's a lot of times where people are like 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 damn you know. People are still people are still pushing the boundaries, and you know, um, Gulliver Twist is a great example of that. Uh, but but the 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 audience understands that he's a comedian on stage telling jokes. Um, and uh, no, I, I would say I would say people still feel very free to to you know, uh, people with a, a true understanding of uh, freedom of speech, which uh, which includes potential consequences for certain things uh you know they they understand that there's you know there's lines that if you want to cross them you're going to deal with consequences Um, have you ever had to deal with like
0: any jokes uh on an album that you put out on your label like being offensive and like had any backlash from the audience or the the listeners about it
1: no 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 we haven't we haven't seen any of that no um and yeah, I I think the whole the whole idea that that like okay when someone says uh oh, comedians like well we can't say anything anymore, well they're probably not the best writer. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe, I, that, maybe that's the best way to say it. I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, no, I, I totally get what you mean, and I agree because I'm thinking in in some of the you know, the the cultures that I have a firmer understanding on like say photography or in like music people who are just trying to like be shocking or offensive just to be shocking you can tell and like that's kind of a lazy like unethical way to like get a bit of hype but if you're like an alien writer and you can craft like a, a hilarious joke and it's like well written and well delivered Right, yeah. yeah, exactly like you're saying, you should be able to get away with with a lot more like based on poise and delivery.
1: I, I grew up on South Park, and maybe South Park's a good example of this because especially in the later years, like self, the, the each episode usually had a pretty strong point about a social issue of the day. Yeah. Um, and South Park's a totally ridiculous show. But, and some of the stuff in it, you're, you're like, oh my God. Uh, but they're making a point. And as such, you're like, oh, I get it. Like, you, you know, you can be crude and you can be, uh, you know, you can toe the line a little bit and still, still get your point across. Oh,
0: that is very topical and like relevant that you would mention that. Cause I was just, I forget who I was talking to a friend of mine about exactly that the other day and how South Park is, is written so well and like if you were to take a show that had like less talented writers trying to touch the subjects that they touch they, like the world would just set itself on fire like it would be so yeah. offensive but the way they do it there's like you know adults, kids, grandparents, everyone just like loves set work. Yeah. But then yeah, if you think about it, like just on paper, you'd be like this is an insane premise for an episode. Like how did they get away with this?
1: Yeah, and they often make you know they often make their point quite well, where you you come out of it being like man, I wish I could exp- I wish I could show this to some you know to to certain people who. Would under you know they could probably understand if they could get past the fact that it's South Park. Yeah, yeah, of course. I started watching South Park in grade seven, uh, when it first came out, and it's it's like the the only show that's like grown with me to a point where a few years ago there was a bunch of episodes about like native advertising on on like on the internet, and I was working in digital marketing at the time. Watching a South Park about the ethics of native advertising and digital like what it was a bit of a, a bit of a mind fuck because i was like how how is south park relevant to my life in my 30s this is crazy
0: yeah no and no, i constantly think about that too like there were episodes i loved like i assume were around the same age because yeah i was about in that grade when south park came in and i yeah. There were episodes then that I loved, and there are episodes now that I love. And yep. yeah, it's like 20, 30 years later.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. It's crazy that it's maintained like a relevance to at least uh, you know, a certain era of people, if not if not more. But that's I think that's maybe one of the best examples I can all ever think of of like how good writing can let you can sort of let you get away with a lot creatively (laughs) yeah
0: how um how important is crowd like interaction or is it like crowd control
1: i mean i i think a lot of people yeah go ahead
0: no i'm sorry to interrupt i i see a lot of like clips on my phone and maybe it's just you know, I lied to few and they just show me more, but I see a lot of comedians doing more like crowd play than they Mm -hmm. might have used to. Is that like something you do or like think about in your performances?
1: I mean, if, yeah, if, if you like crowd work is a, is like a really, really, really uh, important talent to have. I'm still, you know, developing my, my crowd work. I, I can sort of do it here and there, but I don't, you know uh, there's there's people that are a lot better at it uh, often what you see on instagram and stuff is uh instead of instead of posting um instead of posting like all their actual jokes on on instagram they'll post like people will post like some of the spontaneous moments from a show um, cuz you know if you post all your jokes and people come to the show and they hear the same jokes right because- so that it uh, i think there's a lot of crowd work moments on on social media because it is i mean it's it's a very uh kind of in the moment part of the show and usually there's like usually they're very fun, you know they're funny and there's there's new things that come out of it and they're just they're often just like funny little moments um but ah man it's if you can get the crowd on your side by just like getting up there putting them at ease getting them to laugh a little bit then they'll then they'll come on the ride with you you know if uh if you get on stage and they're looking at you like oh I don't know about this guy then they're going to be listening to all your jokes with that lens right so being being able to my like God, there's there's some oh man sterling scott came to one of my shows at a station on jasper once and did like in, he did 35 minutes and he did three jokes and the rest of it was crowd work and it was one of the like I, I had never laughed so hard in my entire life. And just that as an example of like, how, like what a scale it can be. Um, and if it's, a, if it's a situation where like, you know, maybe there's not that many people that, in the audience or for whatever reason, it's kind of an awkward setup or whatever, uh, being able to address that and and uh, and get the crowd into it is like, it's such an invaluable skill. And one that I think takes years and years and years to, to really polish. And I would say I'm still quite far from, uh, from where I'd like to be. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to just get up and do it a whole bunch to get good. There's no other way to get good at it than like going up and like eating shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can see it being like a, a, very like a huge gamble because like you're saying, if it goes well, you have a rapport with this like kind of maybe not heckler but an audience member yeah it's great but if it kind of goes south from the beginning it's like you're just digging a deeper and deeper hole (laughs) and then everyone (laughs) around you is is kind of like exactly like you said like seeing the rest of your set like through those
1: lenses there's been times where i've gone up as the host and been like just I'm gonna hit you with energy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few things about the place I'm in, and blah blah blah, and just get absolutely iced out, and just just like let's try this again. Is there
0: a, like a strategy to that as a host? Like you're kind of taking some of the heat off the performers, or like do, the, up, your job as the
1: host, b- Yeah, your your job as the host is to go up and just kind of like just get people into it, get people settled. Uh, You know, usually it's the toughest, sort of the toughest slot on the show because you're, you know, you're, you're hopefully getting everyone into a, into a place where they'll watch everyone else. Um, So it, there, there was lots of, there's lots of strategies. Uh, Sterling Scott, again, I keep bringing his name up, but he's been one of my kind of main mentors in comedy since I started and he's given me tons of tips on um on hosting like you know you go up sort of address address the situation is there there a lot of people get them to make some noise is there a few you know is there not that many people make a comment about that just the 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 end goal is to kind of disarm everybody and and set them up like set the table for the rest of the the comedians um but uh crowd work there you know there's there's definitely a formula to it um but yeah, like you, you can sort of, you can, you can like fake it a little bit by having stuff sort of predetermined in your head, anyways. Uh, but as you do more of that, I think you start to spread your wings a little bit. And but oh, oh man, I'm always nervous that I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'll ask someone what they do for work and they'll say something and I'll be like, oh, I don't have anything. But that can you know, you can start to turn that into a joke too, where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know, I don't know. You know, just like. Oh, I had a joke for everything but that. Okay, let's
0: move on. Yeah, I guess you just, I mean, got to be on top of your... Because I'm sure there's, like, a bunch of different types of comedians, but there's more, like, of a, a freestyler and then more of, like, only performing what's, like, written and rehearsed, right? So it would depend, like, if how comfortable you are with kind of, like, freestyling
1: yeah, I think you want to be somewhere in the middle. That's kind of where I'd like to be. And where I feel like I, I am, I just need to, you know, like I, I certainly wouldn't say I'm a finished product by any stretch, but I, you know, I've, um, I've got to do a lot more road work in the past, uh, the past year. So I'm, you know, I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to reach a point where I should start reviewing my notes, you know, reviewing my tapes and like,
0: yeah, you know,
1: to find the little things that'll take me to the, to the sort of next step. But the, the idea of, uh, of just, I, I've, some of my favorite comics can go up and do like an, an hour of crowd work and I just watch in awe, like, oh my God, how, the, but even, you know, but there's there's always patterns, right? And once you start to realize that, it's like anything else in the world. It's like a, it's a skill you can, it's a skill you can learn. You just have to figure out sort of the, how everyone else is doing it and how how you can take what they do and kind of make it your own.
0: just trying to think of how to word this you like is is your five-year uh tenure as a comedian is that long or short in the grand scheme of love like would would people consider you a new comedian or i guess five years you can't be considered kind of an og but uh, are you
1: in the middle of those two? Yeah, uh, yeah. Five five years in the grand scheme is like a, a drop in the bucket, really. Um, so you know, there's there's it's there's there's years and years uh, ahead of me to get to where some of my some of the people that I look up to um, are at. You know, I know lo- I know lots of comedians who are 15, 20 years. There's some 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 of the older guys who've so been doing it for a lot longer. Um, uh, I would be considered like a like a middle act, um, which is, you know, that's you're having about 20, a good like 20, 30, uh, maybe a little bit over 30. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, it's a, the thing about it is, it's just, uh, it's about getting, getting stage time and, and putting in, putting in your hours, like going to different, going to different, uh, putting yourself in different situations and, um, Yeah, five years is by no means a a long time, but it's all relative, right? Like, so it seems like a long time to have been doing something. But as far as comedy goes, um, I would be just getting started.
0: And then how, like, difficult – I'm just thinking about you, you know, like, you or your colleagues, you have a set, and then, like, you perform – certain jokes from it like on on certain nights of the week at different clubs so how do you go about like assessing how these jokes are performing when
1: it's always
0: like a a different environment that you're testing them in
1: yeah that's a good question it's it really um you it's, it's just repetition and and you you know you'll you'll get an idea of whether some whether people are you know relating to something or not um after a while at least you know if something's really not, not funny uh probably other people will tell you yeah <laughs> um but it's uh yeah i don't know like you you have to just try the stuff and you like you've always got the comedians watching you so you you know you'll have no well we don't always watch but you know what i mean or uh, uh, if you're trying out new stuff, um, it can be difficult. It can be very difficult to know if it works or not. Uh, when I hosted my Wednesday show, um, I would be trying tons of new stuff off the top each week and would have very little idea uh, how it went. Because even if I would get little laughs or laughs here and there, I was like, yeah, people are still getting settled. So you're still not really. So uh, it, it can be easy to just throw stuff away. If you're like ah, it didn't, uh, that didn't that, that didn't work that one time, but com- comedy is so subjective that um, yeah it's it's a it's really just a matter of trying it over and over and over, um, <laughs> or or sometimes things work right away and you you know that it's at least worked once so you feel comfortable trying it, um, you know other times, but it can be hard when you're you're dealing with when you're only getting like you know five minute spots here and there to. Uh, to work out a ton of material, but that's the game. You got to keep, you know, there's there's enough, there's enough stage time in the city to, to be out doing it. And uh, yeah, it's, man, it's just, it's repetition. It's just getting out there and and trying it, trying different phrasing, trying different uh, pacing, you know, sometimes someone will come up to you and say another comedian will come up to you and say, what if you said this instead of that? And that'll transform the whole, you know, the whole bit. Uh, It's it's going to pieces of a puzzle you know
0: yeah no that that makes me wonder like do you personally want would you rather a comedian like you said or an audience
1: member ah that's a good question uh i mean yeah you know audience member. those are the those are the people that are uh those are the people that are you know for for the show it's it's nice when uh especially when you're new and when other comedians will take the time to, to say, hey, you know, I noticed you were saying it like this, but if you tried this, uh, I would I would rather get uh, advice or or tags or something from a comedian than an audience member. <laughs> but really, I mean, at the end of the day, you want, you know, you want whoever heard it to, to think it's at least marginally funny. And then how are you with... Uh...
0: I mean, it sounds like you're, you're okay with it, but like constructive criticism, like if you have a performance and someone comes up to you and says like, you know, I think it'd be better if you said it this way, does that Mm -hmm. bother you or like you welcome it or does it
1: depend? I I suppose it depends, but uh, you know, in, in Edmonton's, in like this, the scene that, that I'm part of here in the city, um, I trust that everyone's coming at me with good intentions because it's a, it's I've said a few times, a very supportive, uh, you know, fairly positive place to be. Um, When, when people come up and say, Oh, what if you said this, they're genuinely trying to make your joke better. Um, Right. And so like, yeah. And it's, you know, take it or leave it. But I I think if, if someone's coming at you with the, with the purpose of like, hey i heard this thing uh, i heard what you said and what if you said this instead or like what if you added this they're they're trying to improve your your bit and like you know that's that's one of the that's one of the fun parts of like the the like the purely artistic side of it i guess
0: is there um is it like frowned upon to uh you know is there like a Kind of a limit to how much advice you want on certain jokes before they become like ghost ridden. Because I, I, I'm thinking about, uh, I, I have the weirdest obsession that I think I've admitted on here before. But I'm like, I'm so into rap battles. Like yeah. I've ever since I was younger, I like keep they keep really up to date on all them. It's funny. But in that, like if you can get some advice from other like rappers, I think, but then uh, if they're like crafting a whole like verse for you or whatever, then like that's frowned upon. So I wonder in comedy, does it work that way as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you know, you generally want it to be your own material, and it's it's good to it's good to take people's advice or hear hear people's advice, but it, but at the end of the day, it's your you know, it's your joke, and um, I don't like for me, I love when people you know because if, if if you throw something out there and you're just kind of riffing back and forth with someone, and and you got you know you come up with something funny, you know, often you'll be like, hey, can I use that? And the person's like, yeah, for sure, and then you you know you pop that in your, your notes and then you know go about your go about your day i think that like the the um the collaborative side of it is is uh, a really interesting part of it because you're you're putting this idea out into the world that you've that you've tried to sort of craft together and you'll have someone take essentially uh you know a a, a third set of eyes at it or whatever and uh and and they'll, they'll be able to see they'll be able to say oh well okay so you said you said this i know what you mean the audience heard this uh, but what if, and it's just, you know, it just, it, it, it let, it's like letting someone edit your paper, right. You would let them, uh, you would let them make suggestions and you would let them correct your grammar and stuff and whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess there, there is a limit to it. Really. It's just, it, it's, it's, you, you come up with a premise, an idea and, uh, you and a friend or you and some fellow comedians try to just, riff something out and i've got i've got a lot of my uh i've got a lot of bits that way where you're just talking to someone and you go oh what about like what if i said what if what if you said it this way or um or just the way the way i react to something they say they go you know they both of us realize why why something isn't working or is working or um you know uh or what could make it work or what's a funny Uh, what's a funny take on this or that there's there's been times where I've had an idea of what I wanted to say and someone else and I've said it to someone else and they totally don't see what I'm seeing and I'm like oh well I think it's (laughs) I think it's funny but you realize it's like something that only you think is funny
0: (laughs) and in that instance would you gonna keep working at it or would you take this person's advice and kind of scrap it because it, it's not going to go over it like I you see figure,
1: it i'm trying to figure out why it wasn't working and um uh you know the, the, i think there's some examples i can think of right now of where it's something like uh i realized it was things only my parents said or something but then but then you can sort of flip that around too it's just like fuck i thought everyone said their shit um yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, there are sometimes bits where you're like, "This is really funny," and it's just it, you know, it's either like too hacky or it's it's funny, but it's not enough to make a joke. And
0: sometimes right. you gotta
1: know when to fold them.
0: Right, right. Which I mean, just from talking to you for this little bit, it it seems like you're you're aware of how all these things work, and like you're you don't get. She's like, but heard about certain things and just kind of, yeah, it seems like your approach to it is really like genuine and the best way to do it. Cause I can see a lot of other people kind of getting more caught up in their feelings than you appear to be.
1: Yeah, it can, it can certainly happen, you know? Um, but I just try to, that's the approach that I try to take because, uh, I'm just trying to have fun and, <laughs> and uh, most people are very nice and supportive. And so it's easy to, it's easy to take uh, their um, comments because everyone's just, everyone feels very same team, you know?
0: Yeah. it's. I mean, I think Elliot spoke on this too. And she said that the whole comedy scene in this city is, is pretty like, welcoming and supporting and and nurturing i uh i was talking to i think you guessed that on here a couple episodes ago and i i always like to ask people like kind of when it's one of the first people from uh like niche that i'm talking to i always ask them if if they experienced like if they were embraced by the scene or if there was any like gatekeeping involved and a lot of people in a lot of cultures in the city say it, it was quite accepting and not really any gatekeeping and it makes me wonder like the word gatekeeping is so prevalent in our culture but none of these people seem to have experience so I wonder like where the gatekeeping is happening if none of these people were like victims of it when they got into like their respective subcultures.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the way that I, the way that I approached it when I got into comedy was like, uh, you know, at at first you're a, you're brand new and no one else knows you. And so no one really pays attention to you. And, And I sort of tried to approach it the way I approached like starting a new job, which is basically that by like three months in, I should feel pretty comfortable with my surroundings and what i'm doing and whatever so i just tried to like put my head down and show up to shows do my time like watch everyone like watch other, other comics whatever um and just kind of try to earn earn the uh, least respect of of the other people in the scene and then eventually you know uh people will see you, that you're because i think a lot of people come and go from the from all scenes too right so yeah uh, you know, initially it was explained. It was explained to me a little bit later on that, like, those people who a couple of people that I ended up being friends with were like, were like, oh, I, you know, the, the first couple, the first couple months of someone being around is like, uh, like a, a cool like new stepdad, where you're like, I don't want to like they seem cool, but I don't want to get to know them in case they hurt me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but as after a few months, people started kind of You know, uh, Will Hannigan and Alex Fortin were two of the first people that that i remember kind of befriending and um actually that will was uh, there was one bit that i was trying who will, will was just like there's no joke in there uh you should drop that one and i was like oh oh okay <laughs> um but i i saw it as like constructive criticism from someone who i had seen crushing and who was obviously part of the scene and and so i so i i like went back to the drawing board with it um and so, I I mean, I think in, in every scene, in every, in every scene in every probably city, there's some level of gatekeeping where like the people who book the shows only do this, you know, only book these types of artists. Or I I think in my understanding in like the music scene is a bit, could be a bit like siloed. Um, but in my time in comedy, um, it's been very, very welcoming and and, we're we're all on each other's shows and stuff, so it's it's there. There's not really a gatekeeper feel in Edmonton. Um, I know when I had my like when I when I run shows, if there's people, if there's you know people who ask to be on the show, and I've seen them before, I'll put them on the show, or or if other if if uh, they've been on other shows in the city and whatever, like it's it's not hard to to get an opportunity to to do stand up here, and I think so that probably speaks to like a lack of gatekeeperism. But I mean, I think it always, it's, it always exists in pockets. Uh, but as long as it's not the main thing, I think you're doing all right. Like if you can still get out and do stuff with, you know, without worrying about it, which I think you can pretty easily in Edmonton. Um, like if, if you were like next week, I'm going to start a comedy. I could, I could give you like two or three names and probably get you on a couple, like get you a couple spots. Um, because that's just how, that's just how it is here, which is,
0: that's great right because that's how scenes get built if everyone is just kind of shown and like intimidated there's not going to be much growth
1: yeah and you don't know who the next like you know who the next natural talent is or whatever right so it's like just excluding people based on like oh you're new you have to earn like (laughs) like, you have to earn this five minute unpaid spot on a tuesday
0: right? what what's your ratio if you had to guess like show like being an audience member or performing like are you going to a lot of sets that you aren't a part of uh
1: i mean no not really uh, i'm usually um i'm usually at shows that i'm but I, I try to get out like two or three times a week usually if if not a little bit more um but yeah you know i i like to perform if i can i prefer to be outperforming but then i guess i mean that you're still
0: sort of an audience member because i assume you watch that's, and
1: you're... The, that's the thing too is that that if you're out two or three times a week you are like you know you're at the show yeah <laughs> So you watch a lot of comedy as as is and do you
0: uh are you like um a very astute observer? Like, are you kind of taking notes? Maybe not physically taking notes, but mental notes of the entire set and, like, how other people did and what kind of worked for them? Obviously not, like, stealing jokes, but just seeing, like, what kind of subject matter resonated with this crowd and what people were into at that,
1: like, time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when you're getting a chance to watch, uh, you know, certain performers like watching, like I've mentioned a few times, Danny Martinello. Um, I, I just, he did my show a couple of months ago on a Sunday night where pretty much the entire lineup of comedians had a very tough time, like getting the crowd kind of into it, getting the crowd hyped up. And he went out as the headliner and blew the, blew the roof off the place. And it was just like kind of a masterclass in kind of taking the show to the audience and so that's an example where it's still in my head of just like, oh my God, like the 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 energy and the you know the the performance aspects that he brings into it are just kind of head and shoulders above uh, you know almost anyone else. Um, and same with same with Sterling, you can watch him. I could watch him a million times and and just pick out little thing. What like watch them do crowd work. Watch how they watch how they react when you know situation A B or C happens. Um, but then but then also uh, yeah, like you say, uh, listening to listening to other parts of the show um, and and sort of seeing like, oh, it's this kind of crowd or like, oh, they're, you know, uh, there's my Sunday night show, the crowd's often a little more in like they get drawn into like stories a little bit more. Um, and you know, maybe there's other crowds where you're like, oh, they you know they tighten up with this kind of material. so maybe I'll you know adjust. But yeah, I mean, it's it's important to watch other comics and see see how they do the thing. Um, not so much to to change how you do it, but just to be aware of what you know, aware of what your peers are doing, how they handle things. You know, watching someone experience, uh, you know, say like a crazy heckler situation, um, you know, that gives you some some uh, some secondary uh, experience, but some some experience into you know, if that ever happens to you, you can say, Oh, I remember how so-and-so handled it. And so there's, there's definitely a lot of value in that.
0: Do you have any tours planned? Like you were saying you've been on the road a bit. Do you uh, yeah. hope to be on the road more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've managed to, I've managed to get, uh, opening gigs. At, uh, I've got a few coming up in February, which is pretty fun. Uh, I'll be going to, uh, um, now, don't get too jealous when I say this, but I'll be going to Dawson Creek and uh, Grand Prairie, followed by Fort Saint John and Fort McMurray. So, you want me to just send the autograph digitally, or should I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and although, like I, th- I think yeah, uh, Allie was also kind of like being uh like almost self deprecating about these shows, but I, I assume like any. Eddie- any audience outside of a local audience is just yeah, like building your repertoire and like building your knowledge of how crowds work. And also totally. it's, it's working and, and being paid for what you do. So it seems like
1: I, I, win, love, win, I, win. I love getting on the road. It's a lot of fun. And like you, you know, you just get to, it's all these places that I would never go otherwise because I don't work in the trades. So like, yeah and it and man I I love seeing all the little differences between places and like you know seeing what what you can make fun of in certain areas and like my my favorite thing is telling jokes about red deer all over the province cuz everywhere is like fuck red deer yeah <laughs> but then
0: I wonder like what I mean have you performed in like Grand Prairie
1: before yeah. this uh, this last year actually 2022 I got to perform in like you know, almost 20 different places outside of Edmonton, which is like crazy to me to think about, but I was able to, you know, get around quite a bit. Um, and it was huge for, for like my performance, for my writing, for my, the material I already had, like it made a, it made a massive difference in kind of my skill level. So it's like, it's so valuable. Um, and yeah, we're self deprecating about it because it's, you know, it's not quite Hollywood, but, uh, But it is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a blast and you get to use your actual good jokes because it's like you say, not not local audiences. (laughs) And I feel
0: like, I mean, you never know. It could be a stepping stone to Hollywood.
1: Oh no, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's important to, uh, it's important to to do all of these, uh, you know, to to do smaller rooms and more challenging rooms. And, and also the, the other thing is like people are appreciative when, uh, the show comes to them if they're if they're outside of the big the bigger sort of uh municipalities so it's it's often and so it's, it's fun i like i like getting to see these places
0: if they are they like the shows in in say grand prairie is the the turnout like decent Do a lot of people <laughs> yeah. come out
1: yeah yeah the grand prairie ones in a casino and they usually get like maybe you know minimum like 40 50 people or, or so like I, I think they're usually quite quite well attended
0: and is it like difficult to be booked for these type certain shows like I assume a lot of comedians from here are trying to book these places that are somewhat close so is yeah, there so- a lot of like competition
1: uh, so for for me it's been like I, I'm i you kind of hope to get asked to open for right. someone. So they'll, you know, someone will, will be going to grand Prairie and they'll need an opener and they'll, they'll think, okay, it's five hours there and five hours back. Who can I sit in the car? for? So is, is
0: that what you're doing? Like in these upcoming shows, you'll be opening for someone or are yeah. you
1: headlining? No, no, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a headliner yet. But, um, so I'll be opening for Nick Burden, who's from Ottawa in uh, the first couple of shows. And then Sonny Dollywall, who's like an absolutely phenomenal uh, comedian, lives in Edmonton now. Uh, in Actually, had a, had a, there's a theater in Fort St. John, believe it or not. Which I'm excited to check out. And then uh, Sean LeComber who's another like uh, kind of, he's one of like the, the the sort of OGs of the Edmonton comedy scene. Um, I get to do Fort McMurray with him after that. So yeah. Um, it's man, it's a lot of fun just to go out, kind of hit the road with different people. I take I use vacation days from work to <laughs> to go. So even if I bomb, I still got paid that day, you know.
0: Yeah, and it it sounds awesome. Sounds fun. I I always personally like have a lot of fun in like small smaller towns like that too. So and then totally. I mean, oh, yeah. doing what you love and then getting paid if it goes good or bad, win, win, win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't go wrong.
0: So when, uh, like, you've referenced a few bigger names in the city, once you, like, a comedian gets to that level, do they kind of feel the pressure to leave? And move somewhere else to like further their career or would they be okay like touring, but then still like calling Edmonton
1: home? I think, I think I'm seeing more and more comics that are doing that are touring and calling Edmonton home. Um, And like maybe at a certain level you can, you know, you can afford to do that. Like there, there might be benefits to going to going away to Vancouver or Toronto, depending on who you are and, and kind of what your goals are. But I think you can, you can get a lot of development in Edmonton, um, and using you know like posting clips and, and doing things online can can up your profile uh, and and increase your sort of touring opportunities um, outside of Edmonton. So I you know I think we're I think we're in a different era, but time will tell. You know, and I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to try and help make it a reality do my do my part to to help make it something for people
0: yeah of course um are people like you're saying the power of like being able to post clips and social media really helps these days
1: Mm -hmm. are
0: people like uh, i've heard of maybe not lately but you know like five years ago 10 years ago there's people getting like Hollywood writing jobs based on like having a, like hilarious Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Are, are comedians being booked for shows like
1: based off social media? I, I think, you know, I, I think sometimes they are, Um, you know, someone will be coming through town from LA and it'll be like, they have a million Instagram followers. And you're like, Okay. <laughs> Not usually the metric, but okay. Yeah. Um I, so on, and honestly, if if uh if you reach out to a booker somewhere across the country and and you say, Here's my Instagram account, and they pull it up and you've got tens of thousands of followers, they'll probably give you a second look, you know? Um it's just this it's this sort of online posturing that everyone has to do to be like, Look, I'm cool, people follow me. Look, yeah. see. Um but that's just part of the game now, right? So you need to, you need to try and appear that way uh, and then hope that the, the sort of the strength of your material can, can put you over the edge. Uh, and, and we're, we're trying to do that with big dumb jokes, um, which is uh, our Insta- We have an Instagram and TikTok um where we're just posting clips, uh, you know, of our, of people that are that are on our label or that we're, that we're looking to record with and just trying to promote, Promote our comedians, and and, uh, I was just talking to Will the other day. Our our Instagram page, since uh, the middle of September, has over almost three hundred and fifty thousand video views. So we've managed to get a bit of, you know, uh, at least initial, maybe not track. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that's huge. That's more than a bit.
1: (laughs) It's it's uh, it's on the strength of all these people's, you know, jokes and and how they how they catch on with with the wider audience but the hope is that eventually you know people will they'll they'll fire up our page and they'll see oh you know there's there's this many you know you know ideally we'd like to have at least 10,000 views on each video which you know something we're we're working towards yeah if someone sees that it it gives a level of ability that you know you need
0: (laughs) That's a cool idea to, like, do kind of a collaborative account. Like, not that uh, the artists aren't necessarily collaborating with each other, but every video is kind of building up, like, one cohesive account. So, like, maybe one video performs better than the other ones, but then you're gaining followers off that that are going to add to the views on every video from then on.
1: Yeah, and we we do the contributor posts on uh, on Instagram so that the you know the comedians um, it shows up on their stuff as well, and so it's oh kind of yeah, super, okay. beneficial and um, it allows it allows hopefully people to find them and 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 follow them, but then also see their stuff on uh, on or find us through them or or have them be found through us, kind of.
0: That's super smart. That's. Uh... I mean all everything you're up to it it's, it seems like super positive to me and I just love when I can sit down and chat with people who are like doing their part and beyond their part to like make the city a better like culture like for either whatever they're doing or just for everyone in general and i kind of i have a belief system where like if everyone just uplifts each other edmonton just becomes a a, like a better place you know like if uh, the more like views or interaction or customers or audience for live shows we can all like help to gain we're all kind of like going up like everything is uplifting everything so it's, it's I agree, awesome yeah,
1: yeah I, I like having these conversations too because it's just a reminder that there are other people out you know in, in other uh in other areas doing similar stuff do you uh
0: like you were you mentioned earlier that you think like our scene is quite has the potential and we've already like kind of like nurtured a lot of these like great comedians but um do you feel like how how do we stand compared to other canadian cities
1: uh, as far as comedy goes i mean it's a it's a great scene to, to uh if you want to be a comedian it's a really great scene to join and try to and and grow in there's a lot of um, there's a lot of new to medium to uh kind of longer term comics that that are either here all the time or, or kind of are in and out um I, I think other other comedians around the country have recognized that we have a you know that we have like a, a good thing going here um I think even the the people in the city that know about it and that come out to shows um I mean, I've watched countless people have great times at, at comedy shows in Edmonton, and it's just we it, we just gotta keep uh, we just gotta all kind of keep keep pushing forward, and we'll put this goddamn city on the map. Yeah, I
0: I agree, and again, like it's great to hear you like approaching things with this like type of gusto. I I feel if more people kind of saw it that way we might be a bit further ahead but at the same time you can't really complain about everyone you can just kind of like do your part and it sounds like you and and your partner at the label are uh, are doing like more than your part so
1: what, what... you gotta gravitate towards the other the other doers and then like I've, I've managed to meet a lot of people in music through my the show that i ran at station on jasper because we had a, a musical guest and so Uh, I've met a bunch of this, that, that type of people on the music side. And I'm trying to, you know, in this new year, trying to work with, work with them to do a little bit, you know, to help kind of build their scene as well, or, you know, whatever I can do to help build, build that side of things. And it's just in the the more collaboration that happens, the better. And I think there's a lot of people out there uh, in Edmonton who are just like waiting for the, you know, waiting for someone to ask them, Hey, do you want to try this? But just do it
0: yeah for sure well when when we are on the map you can kind of sleep better at night knowing like you put an effort into getting us on the map so i'm i'm really hoping one day you're really like rewarded for all all these efforts well i uh an hour and a half I I think that's enough Unless you have anything You want to Talk about uh, uh, but,
1: This was great man. I really appreciate it
0: Yeah thank you Before we go what Can you like let everyone know Where they can find you Or big dumb yep. jokes I know you, you said it all But just like To make sure everyone knows And then I think like an hour ago when you said your Sunday spot maybe on the recording it'll be fun, but it sounded like it cut out for a second on my headphones so just make sure to to mention all the info about the Sunday night as
1: well So yeah people can find me on Instagram at Kerzy K-E-R-R-Z-Y um, and please follow Big Dumb Jokes on Instagram and TikTok Big Dumb Jokes all one word um, I run a Sunday show at the Moon Yeg uh, on Instagram. Uh, you can uh, you got to email ahead to get into that one, and then people can uh, people can hear my if if they if they don't believe that I'm a hip hop artist, they can fire up thevalleycity.com valleycity.com and, uh, and check out some of my music there.
0: I can't believe I didn't even ask you about that because I, well, I knew uh, that you were also a hip hop artist. Was that? like how long before comedy were you performing as like, I I know you said earlier you were a musician before a comedian,
1: but for how long were you? I've been doing like music more as a hobby for, for (laughs) since I was like my like early twenties. Um, but I only started really performing, uh, and releasing music maybe like five or six years ago. Um, and i've just been kind of performing sporadically but ever since, you know, a couple shows here and there, uh it's way easier to get on stage doing comedy uh <laughs> which is why i had a musical guest on my wednesday show um just to provide a bit more stage time and you know a couple bucks for local uh hip hop RB artists in town and I, we had about 35 plus different artists come out and so it was a real like eye opening uh look into that scene which i i love rap and have been putting on music for a while but still was, wasn't really connected to the scene very much uh so I, I once i started performing it was probably like within six months that i started doing comedy as well that that's cool so i mean
0: it, it would be cool if you were doing one long, way longer than the other one and then that kind of like build up either like but, shell and stage presence, but it, it's also cool that they were kind of both around the same time that you started getting on stage and getting used to all that.
1: Yeah. Actually getting on and performing. Um, yeah. Uh, it was, it was pretty close, but i have been doing, i have been like writing and, and doing, you know, kind of writing and recording and stuff just as a hobby uh, musically for, for quite a lot longer, but yeah, man, it just, I started I started doing one and then was like, oh, my God, I'm going to see how far I can take this. And then I started doing comedy as well and was like, oh, my God, let's see how far we can take this. And then what like do
0: you have any aspirations for um, like I see acting is maybe like in the same lane sort of as like comedy and like rap so like do you uh you think about acting or no honestly never
1: never really thought about it too much and and if, you know I, I i if someone wants to pay me to do something i'll do it you know but uh yeah. I, you know at this point i you know uh i suppose comedy is is kind of sharpening the chops for potentially uh that type of opportunity and i certainly wouldn't turn it down um, but uh, it would depend on my vacation days, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> seem
0: busy enough, maybe adding another thing on your plan.
1: I'll be the guy that juggles it all. I can, I, I can, I can at least try.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for answering all these questions. I learned a bit more, and uh, do me a favor now that you have my number send me a text about like just rent like invite me to to random oh, yeah. comedy sets i would i would love to know more about the community and like come out and support that way
1: okay awesome yeah i'll definitely do that
0: well enjoy enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, you. yeah yeah thank
1: you okay we'll talk to you later see ya bye Thank mm-hmm.